Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. Biggest week yet, some would say, heading into the U.S. Open, end of the NBA championship finals, beginning of the Stanley Cup soccer, gearing up for Cutter. We're just starting to think about that in the World Cup. And on and on and on. And it's time for our deal-making issues, 3-1. Three to one. Three. Cricket South Africa teams up with Rock Nation Sports for brand development. The partnership, the national governing body, looks to develop a sports and commercial brand. CSA provides access to Rock Nation's commercial platforms and opportunities, with the agency also offering assistance in a number of other areas. These include amplification of the brand, social media strategy, campaigns and community initiatives, as well as fan engagement. Uh, Rock Nation's international president, Michael Yormark, said it's a multifaceted partnership confident will be a great success. CSA is deliberate and intentional about repositioning its energy to a fan-facing brand experience, says Cricket South Africa. Certainly a positive all around. Two. Carolina Panthers announced new broadcast partnership, which will take effect this season. Queen City News strikes a deal with the Panthers. They've agreed to the multi-year deal with a new flagship station, Excited to introduce it and the leader in sports programming, WJZY, home to the Carolina Panthers preseason games in Charlotte Market beginning the season. Why is that so important? Because this is the time of season and year that everybody focusing on one of the biggest variables in local revenue, the preseason and regular season radio TV partnerships. One. And now number one, former NFL star Vernon Davis invests in home gym Jack's Jocks. The investment and brand partnership will include an interactive studio smart gym, and it stands about 80 inches tall, 43-inch 4K touchscreen to view metrics and stream workouts. Costs about 2,500 bucks plus a $39 monthly membership. Davis made two Pro Bowls in 14 seasons. He creates workouts for Jack's Jocks, participates in live Q and A and shares fitness tips with community members. Uh, Kabata secured funding last month from English soccer star Daniel Sturridge, former NBA player Zaza Pachulia, Golden State Warriors executive Kirk Lakeham, Cleveland Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert. Pretty exciting and powerful group to launch. Clearly, athlete endorsements, nothing new in the industry. But one of the pioneers in the industry from a broader perspective is Lee Steinberg. He's uh, known as the kind of agent of the quarterback. He's been in the business for 41 years, 300 pro athletes, 30 billion or 3 billion in contracts, eight number one picks, 60 first rounders, entrepreneur, uh, uh, unlimited uh, uh, interest, and frankly, one of the uh, uh, crowning jewels of sending deals to uh, the large PR marketing firms 
that began to gobble up agencies. He was one of the first ones uh, that did it. Cal Berkeley, JD, UCLA, and he's clearly philanthropic and charitable as well. Hosts his annual Super Bowl party that generates millions for charity. Lee Steinberg, one of a kind. Here is his perspective on sports, philanthropy, and life. 1996, Jerry Maguire, Cameron Crowe's movie. Um, are you Jerry Maguire? <laughs> uh, no one is Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jerry Maguire's a fictitious character. But um, Cameron Crowe, the film director, uh, called me up in 93 yeah. and asked if he could follow me for a, uh, and go through my world for a film that would center on a sports agent. And he went to the league meetings, he went to the draft, he spent amazing amounts of time for about a year and a half, and I told him stories, lots and lots of stories. And what part of those went onto the screen, we'll leave between camera and I. Pretty significant number, however, and it basically revolutionized. Lee Steinberg made sports agency cool. Lee Steinberg also made sports agency credible and real. You were UCLA, Cal Berkeley, JD, 1974, a little older than I was. I found it tough in 79, graduating Harvard, because people recognized the academics and the chops, but said basically there was no such thing as sports law. Did you see some of that coming out of Cal Berkeley? Oh, absolutely. There was no field of sports agentry. When I started, they still had the ability for a team to hang up the phone like Mike Brown would do with the Bengals yeah. and say, we don't deal with agents. Yeah. There was no guaranteed right. Well, and so what was the magic moment? What was the turning or, or inflection point? Was it Steve Barkowski? Was it you being able to step into an office and say, if you want this guy, you better deal with me? I think it was the philosophy of role modeling and, and being very selective on choosing athletes that um, would retrace their roots to the high school collegiate professional community and serve as in triggering imitative behavior and, and modeling a certain type of client who also tended to be someone who was a self-starter, had a stellar work ethic, and the rest of it. The interesting thing about that dynamic is you have risen to the level in your profession where you can afford to be that selective. And what owner wouldn't want a client that has passed your tests to be a high-character guy in a locker room? Don't always work that way. How did you, I mean, you have your own principles, but it, it, it wasn't automatic that you naturally selected the guys that you would want your daughter to marry, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, though. And I knew very early on, Rick, that um, I was going to cut up a little bit of my life to share with an athlete. And um, my dad had two core values, treasure relationships, especially family, and then make a meaningful impact in the world and help people who couldn't help themselves. So I was determined to only do work in the world that I believed in and uh, to only work for clients that I was proud of. It is inherently an adversarial business unless you figure out how to create a win-win for everybody involved. We know that from Negotiation 101, but you've actually done it. You talk to a lot of the, all of the general managers and presidents that we've interviewed in the last week, and Lee Steinberg is on the list. And just parenthetically, you know, what do you think? I love Lee Steinberg. Lee Steinberg is great. If I'm sitting with Lee Steinberg, I know where we stand. Now, we're not in the middle of negotiation right now, but still, 
I assume you're proud of those kind of comments. See, I think the most important skill, Rick, in life is the ability to listen and draw out another human being and understand their deepest anxieties and fears and their greatest hopes and dreams. If I can put myself in another person's heart and mind and see the world the way they see it from their perspective, then you can craft win-win scenarios. A couple more about the business. Uh, the blurring of negotiation for an athlete and the financial management, basically a COO to an athlete's corporation, you, you need to you need to either provide those services yourself or you need to make darn sure that that athlete's taken care of. How does Steinberg Sports Entertainment, how do you approach that? By knowing who the best financial planners are yeah. who can take charge of a player's life, give them a budget, give them a financial plan, um, help them with all the uh, initial spots of a career and uh, having them make the choice but we only use a list that's pre-approved by the union so we need to know that. Is it harder to get clients than it was years ago? Not necessarily. Uh, remember that I had to compete against big multinational corporations. They were offering guarantees to players with yeah. uh, money up front always. Yeah. And uh, uh, if, if I can find my type of family and my type of young man, um, then and there's a matching of values, uh, it ought to work still. Does it, re it obviously does uh, because of who you are, does it really kind of resonate in the athletic community when, not in an arrogant way, but Lee Steinberg is choosing the athlete as opposed to the other way around? <laughs> um, I just know that from a, my standpoint, and probably from effectiveness, it, it's probably true that if instead of drawing from 20%, I was drawing from 100%, that I wouldn't sign any of that extra 80%, and the yeah. players wouldn't choose me anyway. Let's talk about Lee Steinberg, the, uh, the uh, sports activist. Save the Rams, save the A's, save the Giants. They did a standing O for you, right, when the Giants were actually saved. So, by the way, that's hard stuff, right? I mean, you know, because doing a ballpark on the heels of a threat to move is very difficult. But you said, all right, let's do all three. How, how did, what motivated you to do all of that? So it just struck me that it was wrong and against the best interests of sports to take a private franchise, but they claim to be a civic treasure. Yeah, right. And with the implied responsibility there, you're San Francisco Giants, you need to support them in good times and bad, and then move them unless there was compelling financial reasons uh, to do that. It's against the best interest of sports to have franchises move around like that. So when Mayor Frank Jordan called me and said, I've essentially been abandoned, you, uh, yeah. can you help me? Uh, the first stage was, uh, trying to convince people in the area that there was still hope and we, they ought to uh, not do a requiem. Um, at the end of that, Rick, I got sued for $3 billion, which goes under the rurk of blood out of a turnip. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I would, I, I understand. <laughs> believe me, that's probably true, right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and then that led to helping the mayor of Oakland with the A's, yeah. and then that led to the... Uh, 125 businessmen on a committee to save the Rams. And we envisioned a sports town, which would be a 
Disneyland of rides that would be virtual reality and would justify spending a couple billion dollars yeah. for something that sits there uh, basically passive for all but 10 home dates a year. Sounds like SoFi. Yes, yeah, we, did. Yeah, we, did. Yeah. we didn't keep them, but, uh, but we tried hard yeah. to get one back. Got it back. Got them back in droves with another team there as well. Here's the conundrum on all of that, which is kind of interesting. The more public money in a public-private partnership built on the public trust aspect of a team and the guarantees that if they leave it's going to cost them triple means more money because of the revenue-sharing formula for players. Yet public money, I know because I helped get it, may be too much for an appropriate community. How do you deal with that conundrum? That I don't want to build sports on the fulcrum of uh, destroying the social net underneath uh, a team and that um, private money can be used in these situations. There's new models. Uh, what was appropriate uh, 30 years ago is not today. That's true. We're going to do it on the stump except we're collectively, you know, well over 120, so we can deal with that in another context. But it is hard, in all seriousness, it's hard to do these deals, right? It's incredibly hard to do these deals because they're generational legacy deals, of course. And there's a finite amount of these diamond baubles yeah, and a, right. a, a much more infinite amount of billionaires and millionaires who want them. That's very fair. So, fi almost finally, Lee Steinberg, the philanthropist, uh, Human Relations uh, uh, Commission, Children's Miracle Network, Special Olympics, a killer Super Bowl party uh, every year, but that's not the point for the Super Bowl party. It is an incredibly charitable uh, event that everybody goes to. Um, top priority for you, how much time do you spend on philanthropy? Top mission for you? It is my mission, aside yeah. from helping athletes. and. Uh, so, for example, if there's hate in this country, um, I want to train a generation against hate, um, which we did. We created 10,000 people. Uh, Madeleine Albright and I uh, created Adopt-A-Minefield, where you demine Cambodian, Angola, and Mozambique. We've done all sorts of different training uh, programs. Really, again, Rick, at the end of life, was I a good father? Was I a good son? Was I a good friend to yeah. people in need? And what did I contribute to making a nicer world? That's all. Well, and le ending with maybe one of the more important messages of Lee Steinberg, the friend and human being. 2007 through 2011, interesting issues, we'll say interesting, divorce, alcohol, well chronicled. But when you think about Lee Steinberg today, you don't think of all, all that stuff, you think of resilience. So give me your perspective. Um, is that life will knock you back, and uh, I knocked myself back, and um, but at some point you have to break denial about the behavioral uh, system you're in and and bounce back and be resilient and do the work and next uh, a uh, month I'll be 12 years continuously sober, which, and being sober and being a good father is my comeback. God bless you. Final question. Five years from now, biggest change in, in sports, maybe gambling, talk about that for a minute, but where, where are we five years from now with all of this? We're uh, with continued ways to bring fans closer to sport, new technologies. Yeah. 
uh, uh, Stadia and, and television uh, and uh, paramutual betting at the stadium. Well, Lee has been a friend for a long time and certainly brings a, an abundance of energy to this entire world of football agency and beyond. Here's our Sports Tech Minute. IMG Academy expanded their PlaySight partnership to bring AI-powered cameras to tennis courts and facilities. The Academy expanding its use of Conexa Sports Technologies PlaySight cameras to include all 55 of its tennis courts in its Bradenton, Florida campus. PlaySight initially provided the AI-powered cameras and video analysis for IMG's baseball program beginning in 2020. Tennis tech company Slinger acquired PlaySlight Interactive for $82 million in a first deal announced last October. The merged group also includes GameFace, AI and Foundation Tennis, rebranded as Connexa Sports Technology in May as part of a unified effort to equip connected sports sports facilities. PlaySlight products also used in the NBA, MLB, NHL. IMG Academy began, you may remember, as the Nick Boletari Academy in 78. Famous alums, Andre Agassi, Monica Sellis, Jim Courier, Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova. Now your gaming minute. Let's pick on a fairly small state this week, Wyoming, the 23rd state to have legal sports betting in addition to the District of Columbia, according to ActionNetwork.com. At the time, Wyoming and Tennessee were the only two states to permit online-only sports betting. And before legalized sports betting, Wyoming hadn't allowed gaming outside of tribal lands with the exception of some horse racing events. It's the first 10 months of sports betting. It hadn't seen the revenue that it expected. Wyoming Gaming Commissioner uh, David Carpenter believes Wyoming on pace to see higher profits this year. DraftKings and BetMGM opened their electronic doors on the first day of September last year, and Wyoming saw between 10 and 15,000 unique visitors registered to the two sports books. The number ballooned close to 30,000 users late in the football season. About 1.2 million wagered in the February uh, Super Bowl and other events. Almost five months later, Wyoming still close to 30,000 users with sports betting accounts. The numbers is not the story. The increase in a small state like Wyoming is. As we normally do, we end with the Good Sports Minute. A few issues this week predominate. Eagles partner with Every Kid Sports to invest in local youth athletics. They're the second professional football team from the NFL to solidify a partnership with Every Kid Sports, working with the city's youth athletes, especially uh, 500 greater Philadelphia kids in the area, certainly more to come. Steph Curry dropped a surprise merchandise release to his 2974 merch during Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The bottom line is wrist tattoos, other major gifts, collecting holders will own multiple NFTs, receiving merch discounts based on the number of NFTs they hold. Joe and Clara Sai join Kevin Durant in just women's sports involvement. The investors include tennis icon Billie Jean King, Washington Spirit owner Michelle Kang, Bolt Ventures, the family office of uh, David Blitzer, SC Holdings, strategic entertainer and uh, entertainment investor, backed by the Spring Hill Company, Dapper Labs, and others.
the COC, Canadian Olympic Committee, making a $10 million investment into safe sport, continuing to work with student and athlete representatives, national sport organization leaders, and others. And then finally, the Connecticut Sun players are offering digital autographs through Virtual Table. The company previously supported virtual events for the Yankees and the Cowboys, and certainly there is a philanthropic overtone to this as well. And that's your show for the week. We'd like to thank all of you who listened and watched, Nick Nielsen and others who helped us put the show together. And join us next week with an even bigger look inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm the sports professor, Rick Haro. See you soon.